You're listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 2212 South Broad Street. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.net. Amen. That will sound beautiful singing in here. I'm Rachel. Welcome. If you're just getting here in the last couple of minutes, um, I want to ask, first of all, um, are there two volunteers who don't want to don't want to hear the sermon, would rather get out of hearing the sermon and walk around the neighborhood um, to pray for people? Because our Sunday meeting team leaders, when we got together to plan this season, we thought it would be important to kind of... Um, Commission two volunteers each Sunday to kind of um, wa- wander out in the community to see what's happening, just to notice and just pray. Um, hopefully symbolic of our posture that we're not just looking for people to like come to us, like come to our meeting, but we, we are like, we want to be like Jesus and be like sent out to each other. Um, so Joe, you're willing, you're willing to go? Okay, nice. Anybody willing to walk with Joe? Thank you, Ben. Awesome. Okay, so about half an hour or so, just walk around, see what you notice, and, and then report back to us um, during talkback time. Thank you. During this season, we are exploring moments with Jesus um, of the, the, the liminal time, the in-between time between his resurrection, like we just celebrated Easter, and... Pentecost, this moment in that was really like the birthplace of the church because the decide or the time of birth because the disciples received the promised Holy Spirit. And there was a little more than 40 days in between that time. And so we want to take our own 40 days and kind of like wait, wait for the fullness of the Spirit. Um and kind of uh ponder what it's like to be in this kind of in-between space. Um, During this in-between season, Jesus appeared to his disciples a few times in person, you know, with his wounds, and then he ascends into heaven, um, which I think is kind of an unseen dimension of our life here now, but that is a theological spicy meatball that that we'll get into another time. But the disciples are instructed to wait in the city, for the promised Holy Spirit, uh, the comforter that would guide guide them in Jesus's physical or at least visible absence. And so this whole time is a real liminal season. It's full of paradox, just like Mabel's, Mabel was, was leading us to pray. It's full of like holding things, feelings together that don't seem to match up. Like there's like joy and promise and there's also grief and confusion and like and longing um they were experiencing all that and i think it sounds like my everyday real life and probably yours too all of the things put together and so our story today falls right in that mix this mix of like everything the joy the joy and the pain together and i'm going to paraphrase it the story as I put the text from John 21 up here. It's, it's probably it's really probably too tiny, 
Um, but if some of you can see it and are vi uh, visual learners, you can check it out there. Um, the context, again, is that the disciples are trying to process this roller coaster of emotions around Jesus's, you know, crucifixion and then his resurrection that only some of them have seen. And um, so they don't, they don't really know where he is now. He's like, he's like walking through walls sometimes, like appearing and then disappearing. And they're not really sure what to do with their lives. And so they go back to fish. Probably, you know, a, a lot of them were fishermen before. They go back to their old life, probably either because they were just hungry, like it might have been that practical, or because they were looking for a sense of normalcy, whatever that is. Um, but they're out fishing all night, and they catch nothing. And I, I think that's probably pretty normal, too. Despair and exhaustion from hard work, not always, not always like being successful. And so when some stranger yells from the shore that they should throw their net on the other side of the boat after being up all night, not catching anything, they're, they're like, okay, we don't have anything to lose. And so they throw their net on the other side. And um, suddenly, there's this abundance of fish in the net. Like so, so much so that they can barely haul it to shore. When they throw their net on the other side, it's, it's teeming with fish, 153 of them to be exact. And this time, the net doesn't break. And, and that's part of the miracle of this post-resurrection moment that I want to wonder about with you here. Because when this first happened, when there was a, a miraculous catch of fish, um, it was the first moment that Peter met Jesus. And um, here it is in Luke 5. I'll tell you about it too. But it's the same scenario that the disciples worked all night. All night they were working and they caught nothing. And they're totally discouraged. And, and again, Jesus gives an instruction for where to find the fish. And suddenly there is this great abundance. And, and Peter falls down on the ground in this first moment. And he says, he, he says, Depart from me, Jesus. Get away from me. Like, I'm a, I'm a sinful man. And, of course, Jesus doesn't depart, but he stays with Peter for, like, three or four years, hanging out every day, not, not giving up on Peter even when um, he be, Peter betrays him. You know, Jesus stays through all the quirks and failures, loving Peter in all of his humanity until Peter begins to change so thoroughly that um, when Jesus shows up on shore after his resurrection, Peter's like, in the first story I showed you, Peter's like jumping out of the boat to get to Jesus. He, he is, he's not like holding back in shame anymore. He is like running toward Jesus um, in, this, in this moment of trust. And the net doesn't break. The net doesn't break after the resurrection. And, and I think there's a connection here that is not dependent on Peter, on Peter's reaction at all. 
I think it's the spiritual principle about resurrection life that Jesus is trying to tell us. Um, I think it means something that the net doesn't break after Jesus rises from the dead. It's something about Jesus holding all the things together, like Mabel's, like the last slide of your prayer, Mabel. Um, holding, holding it, it, it can be held all together in Christ. I think Jesus is calling them into a new reality of abundance and promise by his spirit. Jesus is trying to show them that he can hold it all together. The joy and the sorrow, the grief and the confusion, along with the promise. I think he's trying to show them that there's this new quality of life below, just below the surface. Below the surface of our failure and loss and confusion even. There's, there's new life. And if they keep trusting him for it, if they keep listening to him, it'll, it's going to be revealed again and again and again. I think Jesus is essentially trying to show them they're going to be okay. The net is holding together. They're going to be okay no matter what happens. And they're going to be more than okay if they're humble enough to keep listening to him through the spirit that he's going to provide for them beyond what they think is possible. Like this net was not made to hold this many fish, but suddenly it's holding and I think Jesus was saying, I'll, I'll not only provide for your basic needs, I'm going to give you more to share. Claire tests this out all the time. <laughs> it's true. Just below the surface of your grief and loss and confusion, there's, there's, there's this abundance in our togetherness. Togetherness with God, togetherness with each other. I, I discovered this um, one time in college in, in a very memorable way. Um, one of my summer jobs was working at this wilderness camp for um, kids that were sent there by the courts. And um, I got to lead these week-long expeditions, either mountain biking or uh, caving that involved rock climbing and um, my, my title was the director of ropes and wrecks, so I got to do cl rock climbs on all of these uh, adventures, and I loved it. It was it was so intense and wonderful to see um, to see us transformed by like needing to rely on each other for survival. And one of those moments was a biking trip from Pittsburgh to Washington D.C. Did you guys know that you could ride? From Pittsburgh to DC, and it's a great, it's a great path. It goes through the um, the Great Allegheny Passage there, over the Continental Divide, and then along the CNO Canal, which goes along the Potomac River, right into Georgetown. And so, and you can you can do it in a work week if you ride like 67 miles a day, which we did. <laughs> and it's so amazing to like ride into Georgetown, you know, this like fancy college town when, when you're just like all muddy and disgusting and the, and the college kids are looking at you like, who are you? Um, but we, we loved it. And one evening in the middle of a week, 
Um, after a hard ride, I was trying to make dinner for all of us, and we had packed all the food. We had packed all of our food, like, you know, on our back with our tents and sleeping bags, and so, like, everything was really rationed out. Like, we did not, we had enough food, but we didn't have, like, extra food. And um, I was making this really good bean soup, and I was putting pepperoni in it, too. Um, which I remember because my kids still make fun of me for cutting my hand on a stick of pepperoni on a backpacking trip because I was like so excited to get to the, you know, you need, you need the fat and protein. Um, so the soup had pepperoni in it too. And anyway, I'm cooking the soup and it's cold and wet and we're really hungry. And two of the kids get in a fight. They get in the scuffle and punches are thrown and suddenly the pot of soup is uh, totally on the ground. And I can see the broth, I can see my good broth just like sinking into the mud. And I'm like so, so mad. And, um, and it was just kind of like, there goes dinner. Like it, uh, we were devastated, there was silence for a while. Um, we had some snacks, but essentially we had to go to bed hungry that night. And that was the turning point in the trip. Here, here's where the abundance comes in. We talked after we realized we lost our dinner. We talked about what happened. And the kids that were really mad at each other really kind of were able to get down below the surface of their anger and talk about like what was really bothering them. And we saw, we, we saw each other as, as people who like needed one another and, and we understood each other better and we really came together that night like in vulnerability and um, it was beautiful like I never would have guessed it but that event was actually like the catch of fish underneath the surface um, of our challenges that week like it made the week worthwhile because we came together so so deeply as people, you know, not just to get out of the woods and make it to DC, but to like become friends and, and to heal, um, to see the humanity in each other. That, that mistake of the fight was the food that we really needed, the net of the spirit that held us together. And so this togetherness, this partnership with God, I think is what this story is really all about. When Jesus calls them to the beach for breakfast after, after this miraculous catch of fish, he has, he, it's another like meal outside on the charcoal. And he already has some fish cooking there, but he says, bring the, bring the stuff that you guys caught too. And so they have this pot, they, it's a potluck meal, which I love because Jesus, Jesus could have provided all the food, but no, he, he, he wants their food too. And I think that shows that God, God wants us to show up with what we've got. God wants us to show up in this relationship with God's self and with each other, with our real selves and our gifts too. And, and that's what makes the party. Relying on God isn't just asking God to do everything for us. 
it's it's showing up knowing that like we're we're valuable we have stuff to bring and we're making the meal together relying on god is trusting him to show us where where to fish or, or how to fish um trusting him to multiply our efforts and keep the net from break, breaking but it is also about hearing that invitation to sit down and have breakfast with the others to bring what you've got. This partnership with the Spirit of God in them that is um, in creation is what Jesus really wanted them to see. This is probably my favorite image of this moment because you see how the fish like flow from Jesus through them and like through the whole sky and through the whole sea. I think that's the power of the Spirit in partnership with us that yields the surprising abundance that we would not have seen before if we didn't need it. And I, and I think that, that was Jesus' whole point, really. That's what he wanted to show us by like not allowing God to be some remote being, but, but an actual person like showing up on the earth, um, intimately calling us into partnership, into this partnership with, with all of creation, this whole ecosystem of life. I want to contrast that, um, that reality of partnership with God, this invitation to partnership with um, the economy and the, and the systems of the world for a minute. Because because th- this is the invitation, but but we know we see a lot of a lot of different kind of pain around us. Um, there's a really poignant scene in the movie "Sorry to Bother You," which I highly recommend, where Danny Glover is explaining to Lakeith Stanfield how to use a white voice to climb the ladder um, out of his telemarketing job, and. He says the white voice sounds like ease, um, the ease of having your basic needs met and not really needing to be bothered. Um, and that's the voice that's going to help Lakeith, Lakeith's character, you know, make the sales. Lakeith's character is a millennial, and he thinks that he can use his own voice. But Danny Glover is an older black man, and he knows that post-racial America is yet a myth, and um, we, we have not overcome these divisions and inequalities in our, in our systems and biases yet. And so Lakeith's character has to choose between this really costly and isolating individual success and um, being part of a collective with the people he really loves and cares about. Um, to fight the system. And in the end, he realized that, realizes that those relationships are priceless and that that purpose is fulfilling. And in an interview about this scene, Danny Glover says that the community in real life, he said this, the community must become larger than the individual in order to find our humanity again. He, he's... he's He's preaching Jesus. The community must become larger than the individual in order to find our humanity again. I I think that's exactly what Jesus came to empower and to make possible. 
And, and this is liberation theology. We're going to get into, we are going to get into more of liberation theology this year. Um, that community in Christ, that, that working together at Jesus's direction foments abundance and, and defies hierarchies and oppressive systems of the world and only really benefit a select few. Uh, we talked about Taekwon Atkinson, Atkinson's case last week and um, a third grade teacher in our congregation um, told her, ki her, her kids and they wrote these beautiful cards and pictures that are helping the case gain some visibility. So just like Danny Glover is saying, the community must become larger than the individual in order to foment justice and salvation that speaks of the love of God. You know, the world teaches us to kind of stay on the surface. That The world teaches us that we don't need to be bothered or that we should not want, that we shouldn't need to be bothered, but we all know that we do. <laughs> and the world teaches us to stay on the surface of our worries and grief and confusion. Um, feeling alone, maybe even being alone, caught in this exhaust, these exhaustive cycles to like endlessly strive and work to feel worthy and to achieve things. It's a system that really like relies on our feelings of scarcity. Um, but think about, think about what's under the surface of that water in Jesus's economy. Um, and so we're invited to listen to Jesus's voice telling us where and how to look beneath the surface together. That, that's, what we're look, that's what we're working on together as a circle of hope to find the abundance and provision that is in our togetherness. For me, I, I'm, right now this means like asking for help, relying on others in our community um, instead of try, striving to be like the perfect mom or whatever. Um, I think I need to be. It's in working together. It's in listening to those who experience oppression among us so that we can um, learn how to interrupt it instead of thinking we already know or giving up early. It's in sharing our money so that we can help pay for each other's counseling and groceries and bills when we lose jobs and other things. There's abundance in being a collective with Jesus. We're able to have, we're able to have a voice in the community. I'm, I'm looking around this room and I'm thinking of all the, all the friends who meet in this space too throughout the week, in the, in the recovery groups, um, in the drumming group. We have a, it's a great, asset to have a building on Broad Street that we can share with our neighbors. There's abundance in being a collective with Jesus. So let's pray together that we could be drawn into more abundance in our togetherness this year to free us from the exhaustion and the empty promises of our culture and its divisions. Lord Jesus, help us to hear your voice above um, our worries that, that um, 
that we're working for nothing or that there is no fish to catch. Help us to see how connected we are to you and to each other. Show us the abundance there and that the net isn't broken. Help us to trust you to feed us together under the surface of our worries and despair. I ask that you would continue to show up in surprising ways like you did on the beach, showing us how to make a meal together that can feed the world or even just each other. Help us start with that. Help us start wherever we can. Show us the wonder of just being present to this resurrection life with you. Amen. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.